0: Julie McQueen is the CEO of Carbon TV. If you haven't heard of Carbon TV, it's an OTT streaming network. You can find it on your iPhone, Android, Roku, web. It's a free streaming platform that has hunting shows, outdoor shows, fishing shows. Julie Jules has been in the industry for a good long while. And we get into what the female hunter looks like in today's industry. We then transition into Discussing content, and intentionality behind content, an ego of content. And where Carbon TV is currently playing in that content cycle, where does she think content is going?
1: Hard-hitting, straightforward conversation with Julie McQueen. Okay, so I saw the other day, you were on Instagram, uh-huh. and you're like, hey... Sorry for
0: my shiner because I dropped my phone on my eye. And okay. and and when and this was maybe a day ago, two days ago, right? Uh-huh. And the shiner didn't look too bad. Yeah. Your shiner is enormous.
2: It's huge. Look at that.
0: Girl, it's like someone punched you in the um, eye.
2: Girl, my iPhone fell. So I, I woke up and I went to check, like, to look at it. And the corner hit that bone right there. And it instantly did a goose egg thing. I've never had this. I've never had a black eye and I've never had a goose egg. I could see it. If I looked down, I could just see my cheeks sticking out like this. Guy. <laughs> and I had to film that, episode that day I had to be on camera. So I run and get ice and I'm just, I'm Googling all the things. I Googled everything I could think of about Black Do eyes. you have
0: like the largest iPhone in the world it what? It
2: looks like the iPhone hit me in the face is what it looks like. <laughs> it's like
0: you took a laptop and just was like, oh, I'm just going to stretch my arm as far as I can and drop it on my face.
2: You know, Robbie, I'm an overachiever. So if I'm going to give myself that is very a tiger, true. it's going to be a good one. That yeah. is very
0: true. Uh, <laughs> Julie McQueen, Jules McQueen, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast.
2: I'm so happy to be here
0: introduce yourself to those that don't are not familiar with your wonderful self
2: yeah Julie McQueen Jules McQueen I go by both I can tell who my friends are depending on what what name they call me <laughs> um, I am, most people know me as kind of a person in the outdoor industry for the past 15 years um, I am the president of carbon TV which is um, an Ott like a streaming video Network for the outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing company. Um, I'm the founder of Carbon Unwind, and I um, have been around a while in this industry. I'm one of the well, dinosaurs here. I've been here over a decade.
0: Well, <laughs> and, and that's something that I wanted to, to really dive into a little bit. You know, we, this is a, a podcast that is a hard hitting, iron sharpening iron type conversation. Yeah. And you have the distinct sort of intersection in which you've been in the industry, dare we say the industry, for some time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, The and you are in this sort of, and you're in the content providing world now, okay? Right. And so, gosh, I don't even know where to start. Let me ask this. Where you started as a female in the industry to where you are today, things better, worse, the same.
2: I have thoroughly enjoyed the journey of where things started from to where they have come to today. And even though during that journey of you know, the last 15 years or however long it's been, um, you know, when I first started in this, in this community or this industry, there weren't any other females that I knew of. There may have been other women out there who enjoyed the outdoors, but they weren't making a name for themselves and they weren't being, you know, making a presence, I guess. Oh. Brenda Valentine We yep. um, had, you know, just a few, just a few women. Um. So over the years, you know, I can remember some years where, you know, women were really, getting a hard time for different things. And then there's other years where we were being lifted up and put on pedestals and celebrated. And then other years where there were, it was more of a competitive nature between men and women. Mm-hmm. And then it was the celebration again. So I've really been fortunate to watch that evolve over the years and to observe those, um, you know, the stories that other people have lived through. Um, but my personal journey as a female for so many years, and this community has been wonderful. I have mm-hmm. not, other than very few times, I, I have not felt like there's a disadvantage to being a female in this industry. If anything, if- I like I feel like it has opened doors. And as long as, as long as women um, are here for the right reasons, you know, one of my one of the sayings that I I kind of go to every time I have this conversation is credibility leads to longevity. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in that. The women who I've surrounded myself with, we've been here 10, 15, some of us 20 years, and they're credible women.
0: Would that be something that you would, I probably know the answer to this, but the females stepping into the industry today,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: is that a mantra to live by?
2: Absolutely. I think um, whether it's your career or personal life, it's all about intention. So what are your intentions? I think that we should all be asking ourselves that on a daily basis in everything that we do. It's all about intention. And I do believe that if you have good intentions, it's really difficult to make a mistake in life or to take the wrong path. Um, It's difficult to fall into judgment if you have good intentions, because it just really doesn't work that way Mm -hmm judge you. But really, you're not offended by judgment if you know at your core that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. If you have have good intentions, it doesn't bother you when people say things.
0: Jana, right? Not Jules, right? Jana, right?
2: (laughs) We're basically the same person.
0: Basically the same person. Do you think the intentionality, maybe that's even, I have just butchered what you, uh, do you think the intentions of people today in the social media space that is hunting
1: have lost their way
2: I think that people are very fast to judge um I and I'm just as guilty as the next person um in certain situations but I think that sometimes when we're really quick to judge other people you know what are our intentions in judging I mean you have to kind of look in the mirror sometimes um, so you know a lot of times when um, you know, one of the very common things that somebody will be judging publicly or shaming is you know, women, females who maybe dress a certain way, look a certain way, present themselves on social media a, a specific way. Um, you know, and it's really easy for us to stand outside of the glass house and throw stones at them. But you know, you also have to think, you know, take all of your judgment out of the equation. And if that female is encouraging one person to buy a fishing license or to go fishing or to buy a hunting license or to go maybe to a concealed weapons class, whatever it is, if she's encouraging people to do something that benefits our culture and our, our community, um, I think that we should maybe stop judging because at mm. least yourself out there, even if it's not the way that we would present ourselves.
0: Yeah. So well said. So well said. How often do we, you know, we point a finger at that individual and never introspectively look at ourselves and go, shit, why am I pointing that finger when it's essentially pointing that finger right at me, right?
2: And also, I know what it feels like for people to judge. And it's not cool. You know, there's a lot of times maybe the way I presented myself in the past didn't, you know, it wasn't something other people would have, you know, chosen for themselves in that moment. Um, and I know what that feels like to get that that feedback and that judgment. And I did have good intentions in those moments. And, you know, so when you kind of go through that and you know what it feels like to be on the other side, you just kind of, um, you develop more of a sense of encouragement and, you know, just kind of hoping that they're they're doing something good in the world instead of assuming that they're not.
0: Yeah, I love what you said about if someone gets onto you or someone pokes at you or whatnot and you know your intentions to be true at your core, it shouldn't it shouldn't bother you, right? right. Um, and you can use that as a barometer of whether or not there is something that you do need to check up or you do need to critique yourself and there is something that, okay, they are calling me out, and I need to evaluate why they're calling me out on that.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: I fall into the category where I struggle to do that because to me, it's the ad old adage of ninety eight people love me. Two people hate me, and I worry about the two.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. It's really difficult. You know, I had a situation the other day where very rarely in my life at this point do I have any type of conflict. Personal, professional, you know, I've worked really hard to create this very safe space around me. Um, And I had a situation the other day where somebody brought something to my attention where they felt like I had been in the wrong. And, um, you know, first of all, I kind of respected them for saying it to myself, my face, you know, because a lot of people don't do that. Um, Anytime someone comes to me personally with a complaint or a question or an accusation, I mean, you've got me right there. Like I, right. I love when people come to me to my face. Um, whether it's a phone call or just reaching out in some way. And he had a very good point. You know, it's not that he was right. And I on I don't believe that this person was accusing me of something that was actually true, but the fact that it made me stand back and question, like, hmm, okay, what would cause him to think this or feel this way? Maybe I do need to check in with mm. my And maybe I do need to check my intentions on this. And am I actually doing this thing? You know, and and it's a professional thing. It's which I take very seriously. Um, And it was kind of the first time in a long time that someone had called me out on something, and I respected it in Mm a way. Uh, And ever since that conversation with him, I've been sitting there going, "Okay, I kind of want more people to put me in check sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very healthy thing. And and when you put your ego to the side. I, you know, what could be better for our personal growth? Or
0: well, having that tribe around you, as you say, that tribe around you that you have the utmost confidence in that will call you out. And right. you've told them, call me out. Like, you yeah. know, tell me what's up. And, you know, I've got people that do that for us and for me. And it's like, hey, you misstepped right there. You need to reel it back. Right. I was like, okay, like specifically Blood Origins. You know, I'm it this blood and you know this, Blood Origins wasn't built for Robbie Kroger. Unfortunately, there has to be someone who is the voice and someone who is the face and someone who pushes the stone every day. Okay. And I happen to be that individual. And I'm very, very careful and cognizant of not because it could easily become this ego inflating, this is all about me and look at me, and yada yada yada. Right. And I have people in place that hopefully, if that ever got, you know, any traction at all, I would hope you would be one of them too. I would. that would say, Robbie, what the hell?
2: Mm-hmm. Check your ego, son. Right. Yeah, we need those people in our lives. It's our tribe, mm-hmm. right?
0: Exactly. So yeah. talking about ego and intention. Yeah. You live in a content world. I do. That is one full of ego. And full of misintention sometimes. Yeah. So, let's talk about Carbon TV for just a moment, Mm -hmm. and let's segue that into content and and into where do you think where do you think content lives today? Where's it going, kind of thing. So, just for those viewers that don't know Carbon TV, you know, they don't, you know they barely are in the streaming realm. They watch meat eater on Netflix. You know, they, they don't want to get on the, what is it? My outdoor TV because it costs them money. Um, why have they not explored carbon TV and why should they explore carbon TV?
2: Yeah. So obviously over the past few years, I live and breathe carbon TV. It is my life. It's, you know, it's, what I think of as soon as I wake up and it's kind of what saved me in a lot of ways. When I took on the role at Carbon TV, um, I needed this company as much as it needed me at that time. And it's a beautiful love story in my opinion. Um, And the thing about Carbon TV is we've been around a long time. We've been here for, for quite a few years. We were part of a larger media conglomerate, um, you know, prior to 2018 Um, we were a part of carbon media group. There was an acquisition carbon TV, um, became a standalone OTT at that time, which is when I came in and took over operations and we're free. We don't charge people to watch our content and it's not repurposed. It's not taking content. You know, it's not just pulling stuff that you've already seen on TV and putting it up here and making people pay to watch something they could have watched for free. Anyways, we don't do that. We have. over two hundred and fifty series, two two hundred and fifty different shows that air on our network right now. Um, a lot of that content we license and distribute. Some of it we have creative control over. We you know, we do still do some original productions. Um, but for the most part, Carbon TV gives a platform to people who are create creating content. Um, so if if you're a person out there who has, you know, really invested into your camera equipment and time and effort. And your it doesn't have to be hunting. Let me just put that out there. So we're all encompassing of the outdoors. Um, we provide a free platform for them to air that content where they're celebrated and not censored. Hmm. So one thing, one conversation that I have almost on a daily basis at this point is censorship. And, you know, people who are creating content that is completely 100% legal and ethical and really entertaining good content are being censored in so many different ways. So over the years, carbon TV has really created a home for people who are looking to distribute that content to a massive amount of people. We have more traffic. I, I love, I love celebrating the fact that we are the largest in the outdoor space. Um, there's nothing that even comes close to what we're doing. Um, I know a lot of a lot of people kind of like you know take a step back when I when I boldly <laughs> say that, but I'll scream it from the mountaintops because I just know um, carbon TV is the biggest and best of what we do, and it's because mm-hmm. we work really hard to keep it free for the viewers. We keep it free for the producers. You know, we we are um, we have a business model that sustains us very well by keeping it free for everybody to to view. Um, so you know, it's a, and there's always new content streaming on the platform. So it's not just stuff you've already seen before. All 250 of our shows are constantly uploading new stuff straight from the.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know one of the newest shows that you have is a good friend of ours, Laura Zara. Oh
2: yeah. I, yes. Laura Zara. Um, so I, I executive produced that show actually, which is really fun for me. You know, I have a, I have a big, strong background in production. It's
1: mm-hmm.
2: where I get my creative outlet. And she so graciously is allowing me to have have like a little bit of say, it, not much. I mean, I get to like, see it <laughs> you know, as <laughs> so I pretend I get to, you know, do something with it. But Laura Zara, she's a world renowned primitive survivalist. Um, but that's
0: like it's not a hunting show. It's it's more enough. like a, it's it's almost what I I think I texted you when I first saw, saw it. It was almost yeah. like this Nat Geo, you know, alone beyond, you know, the parallel ninety, yeah. you know, extreme show kind of deal. It's really good.
2: Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know Laura Zera, um, how do you even describe? You can't describe it Laura. Zara. She's, an enigma. She's an enigma. She has survived more days in the wild than any other female on earth on camera. Um, she's primitive survivalist expert and she is just a, just a force. You know, she's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, her show is not a hunting show. Um, It's, it's really cool. She's just kind of teaching people some of her skill sets. Um,
0: do, do you think that your audience sort of talking to the content and, and getting back to sort of intention and ego, do you think, Do you think your audience is is now, is the audience maturing? Let me ask this, maybe be blunt about it. Is the audience maturing away from tree stand, whisper, whisper, kill, 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 to more storytelling, more in-depth narrative, more nuance?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Or is that just, you know, fictitious in my brain and, and that type of hunted is almost 50-50?
2: So I think that it's really difficult to group um, the audience into just that one section. So when I think of our audience and the millions of people who watch the content that we stream, I have to think of them as individuals. And what one person loves, the other person, the next person down the line might just not like at all. And so keeping it multifaceted is crucial. Um, having different types of content to appeal to different types of audiences is very high up on our radar. Um, and, you know, we, we have watched over the past 10, 15 years as, you know, obviously when people think hunting shows, they do think of a guy in a tree stand usually has a goatee and he's whispering in the camera. And it's like a very, it's a very standard um, mm-hmm. hunting setting. Um, Then Western hunting, you know, you're going to get the B-roll shots, supporting shots of like a flower and a cactus and the footsteps and, and it's kind of predictable.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: There's still a love for that. And there's a passion Mm -hmm. for that. And I believe that the storytelling uh, nature of every different type of content is allowing the audience to live vicariously through that story. And the beauty of video on demand where somebody can click on a video and maybe it's only three minutes long and it's a stackable piece of content. They, they don't have 20 minutes to watch something. They've got three minutes in their day in between doing something else. Um, they can choose what they want to watch during their three minutes, seven minutes, whatever it is. Um, and so while one guy is going to say, man, you know, I didn't, I'm not going to get to go whitetail hunting as much this year as what I want to. I really want to see, or I want to see how this, you know, what happened on this hunt, this person I met once at a trade show, right? Mm. A lot of these people creating content have a fan base that really take a genuine interest in their life and they follow them and watch everything they do. And it's a dedicated audience, which is beautiful in this industry. Um, But then there's another type of audience that they don't want to see that they don't want to see somebody in a tree stand whispering in a camera, and then shooting a deer. And they've seen that before. They want to see, you know, maybe it's um, DIY or cooking or how to prepare the game, you know, for your family or uh, travel shows, you know, it could be a lot of different things. And so um, the beauty of digital distribution is that, you know, you've got SEO optimization, you've got keyword searches, so people can go in and just search for a word. What are you interested in watching today?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: have it all just come up right in front of you, choose how much time you have to consume some content, and then go about your day. And, you know, hopefully that that little piece of content that you consume makes an impact.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you... Have you noticed in your statistics a trend towards shorter videos or longer videos? Because like in the podcast game, like this podcast is going to go 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. 40 minutes, maybe. We've chosen a short form podcast content because we feel like, hey, people are in the car every morning, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, packing an episode kind of deal. But on the counter to that, you've got the Joe Rogan of the world who pushes out three and a half hour podcasts, and he's mm-hmm. proven that model and it works.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So with video content, we do watch it very closely. Um, I get a, I, I go through a lot of reports, a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a big part of my job. And over the years, we have paid a lot of attention to where that sweet spot lays with mm-hmm. video content. Um, You know, we watch retention, not just what types of videos people are watching or, you know, which content they like the best, but how long are they watching it for? And when they click away, are they watching another video? Are they binge watching or are they leaving our site? Um, You know, I, I always say between 8 to 12 minutes is a sweet spot. It is. I know that if a video comes up on my phone if I'm doing whatever, if it's over 12 minutes, I personally don't have that much time in my day. I'm very busy. Oh, yeah, if it's exactly. under 3 minutes, I'm curious what they can teach me in under 3 minutes. So I'm probably going to watch, you know, something that's it's less than that if it's if it has, you know, something that that would pique my interest. Um, but yeah, we do watch it very closely. But then I also know that there there is a need for long form content. Uh, a lot of people have great success with 30, 40 minute pieces of video content, but you have to find ways to market that to the correct audience.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nobody is available to watch the content that you're putting out there. What are you putting it out there for if they don't mm-hmm. know how to market it? So part of what we do is we market that to the correct types of audiences Mm
0: -hmm. have you noticed maybe is there a, a it's almost reverse correlation in retention in that the four to five minutes your retention rate drops off in the one to two minute range versus a 30 minute or 45 minute retention is much longer you would think that somebody who decides to click i know it's 30 minutes i know it's 45 minutes you would think that retention should be longer than the one that is just like, oh, three minutes, okay, I'll start watching and 30 seconds in they're like, oh, this isn't really what I was looking for, out.
2: Right, yeah, and it really does fluctuate. And you have to also keep in mind that as an OTT streaming network, for, for anyone who, OTT means over the top, right? So you can find the content on multiple endpoints, um, video on demand. You know, it's um, in the digital distribution world, it's important to know where your audience is consuming the content? Are they watching it um, on a web browser, on an app, on Roku? Can
0: people watch Carbon TV right now. So, um,
2: what yeah, so you can watch Carbon TV. Obviously, we have free apps, Android and iPhone that are okay. um, You can watch on your web browser. You can watch on Roku, uh, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV. Um, so, really, you just go on and you know, if it, if you don't see it on there, you just start typing in carbon TV and it pops right up and it's always free. Um, So, you know, that there, again, I look at, I look at all of those reports and I see how many people are watching on all of the different platforms and what the retention looks like on all of them. Um, Because people do, you know, if you're watching on your, on your big screen, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to watch an entire series. You may binge watch if you're on Roku or Apple TV. Um, If you're on your phone, I mean, let's face it, some people are like hiding in the bathroom on their phone for five minutes while their you know, kids are getting ready for school. So you have to understand where you're consuming the content. It doesn't always mean that it's the video length's fault that people are clicking away from it. Maybe they've got a toddler knocking on their bathroom door and they need to get the kids to school. So, you know, there's always, you know, different ways for us to measure how and where our audience is consuming the video content.
0: That's a good point. I never really thought about that because you do. If you if you're gonna throw a throw something up on your TV, you're more than likely going to watch it. You know, you're gonna take your time to find something and then you're gonna watch it. And yeah. you're gonna watch it through and then you may binge it. Oh you know, as you go through it. On your phone, you're right. It's almost like a yeah
1: there's
0: too many things happening on your phone. Like you could start something, a text message comes through and it gets and yeah. you kick yourself out of watching it because you have to address the text message or I've address heard- the email or something, right?
2: And that's why I'm never offended if I see retention on the iOS app, you know, follow point or whatever. I I'm not offended by that because I know you know a lot of people do a lot of things on their phones. I'm just happy that they're choosing to watch Carbon TV on their phone. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, that's just um, you know, it's one of one of the the things that we just have to keep our eye on and make sure that we're we're putting the content out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Anything uh, in the wings? that you may want to allude to that's coming from carbon tv for people like hey fyi if you don't start if you don't sign up right now because hey there's some some big things coming
2: we always have big things going on at carbon <laughs> TV. you know i'm so i'm so blessed i have such a wonderful creative team around me you know i everyone who works at this company with me is just um they're all in you know it's one of our core values with the culture at carbon tv is you know, you have to be all in on this company and swim outside of your lane a little bit. And, you know, we, we sit and have these amazing brainstorming sessions on what can we, what can we be doing to make this company even more successful in the coming year? Um, So for example, right now we have, actually, I think tomorrow we're announcing the winners of our carbon awards, which is really fun for us. Um, You know, I remember years ago, you know, I had a, I had multiple shows on, on the networks, you know, on, on linear and, you know, they would do these awards shows and people would get, you know, really excited. And, and we were, you know, dressing up and going to the golden moose awards. And it was this big thing we all looked forward to and kind of a pat on the back for your colleagues and your peers. And you would always hope you would win an award and, you know, that went away. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the networks stopped doing that. And now we do the carbon awards. This is our second year doing it. And honestly, to see the camaraderie and to see it's sure it's a competition and people get really like, they want to win. And I understand, Mm -hmm. but you know, a lot of the, this is a kind of a bonding point for a lot of the content But (laughs) lights just came on. This is a this is a bonding point for a lot of our producers on the network, where they're supporting each other and applauding each other for creating great content. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: you know, we're watching as a lot of our our content providers and producers are going on trips together and collaborating and working together. And we've created this really special ecosystem where it's encouraging people who are already out there creating video content to work with other people in the industry to create more cool content. So Mm -hmm. that's really fun for me. Um, Finding new ways in the coming year to um, expand that ecosystem is crucial. Um, You know, as, uh, and and this is speaking just in the hunting industry and, you know, just to be clear, there's a lot of other types of content on the platforms. It's not just in the hunting space, but, Creating an ecosystem where there are so many different ways to lift up this industry and to allow um, and support the producers who air their content here to be bigger and better, the more successful they become, the better it is for us. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, every way that we can connect those dots and help them make connections or, um, you know, Carbon Awards is one example. My team, you know, they, they do a fabulous job of putting all of that together um, we have created a podcast distribution platform through carbon TV the only reason why it has not launched is I mean I take full responsibility for that I've been a little slow to go to get the paperwork in order but we've created it it's sitting there we have we have some podcasts you know that already you know distribute through us um, they were kind of grandfathered in um, through current contracts a lot of them are video um, podcasts also also decided um so we have that probably coming out you know in the next year we'll we'll open up the gates for our podcast distribution which makes sense you know it goes right along with what we're already doing
1: sure uh,
2: and then yeah i definitely have some other big plans um in store for the for the company in the coming year um i can't give all of our secrets away but it's going to be good. a really good for carbon
0: well good we're excited and uh I enjoy My Carbon TV and enjoy uh, watching uh, the good stuff, especially things like, you know, Lara's show, which is not traditional hunting type content, but she's awesome. The content she produces is awesome and it's entertaining and educational. And and that's just obviously personal preference in terms of what I like
1: to watch.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And we're always looking for new content. That's the the other thing is, you know, I get messages and emails and dms every single day from people oh you know, sure yeah like what does it take to get on carbon tv and you know honestly we we love to hear from people we we have a my um my director of operations her name is you have
0: a bar right surely you're like not everyone gets onto carbon there has to be sure. some sort of
2: Yes. It's process. So I've been over our new content acquisition for the past over three years. And Autumn Stowacki, who's my director of operations, she has now kind of spearheaded that. Um, I still work with her on it. Um, We still, you know, we collaborate and she, but she oversees it. And yeah, we, you know, it's very difficult. It's very challenging for me to reject people. That's not a simple thing for me. My, my, it's not in my nature. I, Anybody, I mean, you know me personally. A lot of people who know me in my personal, I just, you know, I take a lot of pride and kind of like um, all of this positive love. Yeah, you're a
0: people pleaser. Uh, love the you know. exactly. I love exactly
2: yes, I love language. You know, I love making people happy and not disappointing. So anytime that we do reject any content, I personally do it. I still, you know, I will go in and I will watch anything they submitted. Um, any video content, anything that they sent over, um, I, I take a personal interest in if it's not a good fit for the platform, I personally reach out to them and you know, and let them know either the reasons why or you know, and it, it's something that it, I don't take lightly. So mm-hmm. we don't have an automated system that rejects people. Um, if they want to put their content on carbon TV, I don't take it lightly. Um, I know that that is it is difficult to. To say to somebody, hey, I know you just spent all of your time and money, and you're creating this content, but it's not a good fit for the platform. Um, but you know, I do always encourage them to come back in six months or a year because maybe our needs will have changed at that point. Maybe we will sure. be looking for something a little bit different. Um, but no, we don't. We don't allow just anybody. It's not like YouTube where anybody can just come here and upload their content. Right. And have um, you know quality standards and um, Yeah, so that part, that's probably one of the more difficult parts of of everything that I do. Yeah, but I take a lot of pride in that too. It's, um, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess.
0: That's right. It is a double-edged sword because you take pride in the fact that you are hands-on and you want to deliver the the bad news, but you also take pride in the fact that you have quality content on carbon and to ensure that you maintain that that integrity, you know, something has to give.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, Julie, uh, you've been amazing. This is a short, sharp, hard-hitting conversation, and uh, you've must have had a lightning storm or something around you, or your lights decided to just come on.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. the The lights in the office came on. There's, uh, you can probably see there's there is actually a lightning storm going on in the background. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For all those people out out there, um, lesson from this podcast, do not wake up in the morning and try and put your phone above your head and drop it on your face. Uh, Julie McQueen will give you advice on that.
2: But yes. um, where can
0: people find Carbon TV? Obviously, you've, you've already told us, but apps...
2: Yeah, you know, I just have to say, I don't always show up, you know, to, to the black eye, but for you, Robbie, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to cover well, it. That's
0: ever. what, look, and that, since we're, you know, we're full of intention on this podcast and full of intention in this conversation, I will let the audience know that there was a text message before this podcast started to say, uh, was this a video
1: podcast? Video because I'm
0: sure there would have been a little bit of
1: <laughs>
2: makeup
0: applied. <laughs>
2: I was going to put some dark, some dark eyeshadow down there and make it really, really bad. Oh,
0: that would have been amazing.
2: Yeah, just for some more petty, you know?
0: <laughs>
1: yep, absolutely.
2: Oh, yes, well, um, yeah, so for anybody who's wanting to, to find Carbon TV, um, you know, obviously, it's not difficult to find any... any uh, you know, any phone that you have, you can go in the app store. It's free to download. and free to watch everything. We do not require that people start an account or give us your information. You can really stream all of our content for free anytime. And if you have a TV in your home and you have any type of a device that will cast or stream to that TV, you can pretty much find us there. And, um, yeah, I, I encourage people to to check it out. You know, we also have live streaming cameras on Carbon um, really great for people who have children also. if you have kids home from school, um they're educational uh, wildlife cameras that we live stream. Um, really popular one. We have a live camera on a deer feeder at Lee and Tiffany Lakoski's farm in Iowa, The crush cam. It's wildly popular, and you never know what it's not just these massive Iowa deer that you're gonna see. I mean, there's some really cool stuff that comes to that that. Feeder. I bet. It's very entertaining. It's very popular. And I love that people stream it for their kids to watch so they can see some wildlife up close Have to you close
0: suggested place. to Tiffany Lee that maybe every so often one of their staff dresses up like a Sasquatch or something like that and goes through the camera? That would be pretty – people well, would even, go flip out.
2: Even even bigger traffic than that. Once in a while, Tiffany will go out there and pick up some sheds that fall, you know, and she'll walk by the camera. And, and you can see her out there shed hunting, picking up these massive, you know –
1: Amazing.
2: Iowa box. and you know, there's, yeah, there's always some really cool stuff on there. I, I love the live camera section of, of the platform. It's really cool. So yeah, anyone can find us out there anywhere. Carbon TV is, uh, it's definitely the place to go watch any type of outdoor content that you could ever want to see.
0: Yeah, go check them out. And there is another app uh, we haven't talked about it at all on this podcast. Uh, we'll save that for another day. Carbon Unwind, which is a calming app that people like to relax to, that they like to go to sleep to, and it's all about stories and just
2: yeah. And if and if Robbie's voice sounds familiar to anybody, he's one of our voiceover people on the app. You know, I love pulling my friends into my projects. It's really just a it's just a wonderful thing to. To pull people in my life into into my my work and kind of bring it full circle, and we there
0: were a couple of stories that you sent me that I when I looked at them and read them, I was like, I can guarantee you that these women got into a room and said, "Oh, this this one that has like every third word you can hardly enunciate it." Let's send that to Robbie.
2: Yeah, that would be my producer Jamie. She's very good at at sending people difficult scripts. But you know it's worth it, and
1: it is worth you
2: it. kill it. You do such a good job, and people love your voice. And yeah, carbon unwind also you know free to download um it's sleep stories meditations and it's you know to kind of bring that uh, mindfulness into into people's lives so i love that you're a part of that with us also it means yeah, so and, much and, and
0: thank you for we have a regular carbon unwind membership on our supporters program thanks oh. to you and uh, yes. carbon tv so thank you for that
2: yes of course yeah, well, I appreciate you always being so supportive of everything that I'm working on and that I'm doing. And you know it's really this community that we've built in our in the outdoor industry, right? We support each other and lift each other up. We have so many friends in common who are just good souls with good intention, and it's a it's a beautiful thing.
0: That's right, absolutely. Thanks, Julie.
2: Thank you, Robbie.
0: Well, that's it for today